How about this? So how about this? Look who didn't fuck it up. Oh, yeah, I know. Surprising. Why don't you uh, take your little your little comments and just roll them up into a ball and shove them uh, up your little bottom? Yes, I, I will feel wholeheartedly <laughs> bad that you got managed to get this one right. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Hitting below the belt, Rasheen. 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 That's right. the kind of day I'm having. I've right. just renamed you. Right. What is your name? Because apparently I don't know it. My name is Rafiq Shaheen. Well, this guy talking is Alan Dempsey, and today we have with us the lovely Rio Paris. Hello. Rio's so great, he screams his own name like he's introducing himself at a fucking festival. I always felt more like a prize fight. Like, Rio's like, you're going to hear the bell, like, ding, ding. Like. <laughs> Uh, we were uh, discussing all your uh, various credits before we hit record. Why don't you, why don't you hit us with some of those? Okay. Well, seen on Netflix, LMAO, Afro TV. I just did a showcase in March in front of Bob Sumner, who is the co-creator of Deaf Comedy Jam. Uh, and he created Laugh Mobs, Laugh Tracks on True TV. Right. So That's awesome. I will never forget. I'm sitting at home and you, I think you had moved out to LA or you just, I, I don't remember. Just come back. You just come back. Yeah. And I'm sitting, I'm watching the new, <laughs> I'm watching the new Brian Regan show and I'm like, yeah, oh, this is nice. And then some guy gets up and they start taking Q and A's from the audience and there's, <laughs> there's fucking real. I'm like, what the fuck is, get off my TV. I know you, what are you doing here? Get, <laughs> it was weird. But there's a certain class of uh like african-american performer here in the tampa bay area who like they have that smoothness to them that like when family guy made that joke of like oh we have all new shows of like slowly rotating black guy i was like i know five dudes who would fit that bell <laughs> how long you been doing uh comedy ria uh, so, uh, this year makes nine and a half years. Yeah, I knew I was getting up there. Yeah, man. I'm, I was, when I thought about it, uh, cause I haven't been one to every year, this is my whatever year anniversary, mm -hmm. but, uh, this year I did and I really thought about it and I was really blown away by how time has flown. Yeah. I mean, like we, I remember when you started, I mean, I remember yeah. oh. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and be able to quote anything you said, yeah. but I, I mean, I remember How being, I, I mean, I was early, I was, you know, two or three years in whatever myself. And mm -hmm. then, you know, every couple years you start seeing a whole new crop of people pop up. Yeah. You were part of that new crew that was popping up. So, yeah. I mean, I remember way back then. Man, the bad times, the, <laughs> <laughs> the bombing days. Ah, but, you, but you're feeling so much better now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember seeing you do Double Decker, which was... Uh, oh! <laughs> if y'all if you, if you want to get into talking about, like, bombing days, oh! I mean, there's nothing... There's nothing better than an audience of people who want to listen to comedy but on the flip side of that there is nothing worse than a group of people who have no interest <laughs> they've had they've had comedy thrust upon them <laughs> yes right? like i didn't come here for this 100 percent. like imagine <laughs> imagine a group of people who are like we're waiting for karaoke to start and like sure. there's this dude on stage <laughs> talking about his dick yeah <laughs> yeah yeah sorry guys <laughs> and then that one they, it would start because it would start early enough in the night where it was just not a lot of people in the bar. Sure. But then as the night progressed, the bar would fill up 
as an Ebor City bar do, and then it would just be a whole loud bar full of people not listening to comedy. Yeah, and it was like a rotating audience too. So it's like you would be sitting there waiting for your turn on the list, and you're like, "Oh God, I hope like that one dude who's laughing really loudly doesn't leave." Before. Yeah, I need, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's my lifeline. I need that guy. Hundred percent. Shouts out to Jeff Ray and John Jacobs are probably holding the record from most open mics in Ebor. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> Yeah, those are good times, though. Yeah, right? I mean, like, you got to cut your teeth on, like, stage. You know, you were one of the people that I remember when I was, like, first starting out and, Mm -hmm. like, hitting open mics and, like, Ebor and stuff like that, who I appreciated your commitment because I saw a lot of comics in our... Because I was, like, round your class, maybe Mm -hmm. either the class before it or after. I'm trying to remember exactly when I first You were a little bit after him. Yeah. Uh but I, I remember, you know, watching some people where it's like you would see them get up on stage and like they just didn't get a laugh in like one or two. And like the spirit would just die. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like, yes. Rio always committed. He was always he was having more fun than anybody else in the room. Right, yeah. you know? <laughs> e- externally. I, I well, sure. But I mean that in the kind of like not shittiest way possible. Like, you know, it was always like everyone felt good when you got off. Like, yeah, that guy guy made me feel all right. You know, I've never seen someone so happy. (laughs) I I would actually argue. I have seen two people happier to bomb in that situation. One of which is Randy Holton. Okay. Randy don't get. Oh, come on. Randy doesn't. The legend. Randy exists in space and time outside of everyone else. Yes. I was about so. to say, to say happy bombing, that's not really an accurate... We're not really sure if he knew he was in the room right. yeah. at that moment. Yeah, this multiverse... <laughs> right, right. That's the thing we don't know about Randy. He's actually experiencing... He's seeing a different universe. Right. So every time he does comedy, he's slaying. He lives in our universe, but like in his, yeah. like in his eyes, he's just watching... Like like the his, universe in which he is the best. Yeah, his Radio five City. senses are a total different experience. <laughs> right. And uh, big stupid, big stupid, big did, stupid did not give a flying fuck yeah. if you were on board sure. or not. He was just like, "It's my time. <laughs> I'm mean, getting look, through this." Like. If you got the confidence to go up as big <laughs> stupid, your mother went out of her way to name you, you know, Charlton something Magoo. <laughs> Uh, no, no, I'm going with big stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but shout out to him, man. I wish, like, so I've always kind of had that confidence, but not to the full extent that, like, I appreciate in you. Yeah, you know what I mean, well, thank you. Because, like, I can get up on stage and then, like, I'll get through my act and then, like, I hear, like, one voice whispering as they're coming out of the bathroom sure. of, like, you know, if he was just a little bit funnier and I will go from like <laughs> on top of the world to like, oh, this is why I should kill myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Often, that's the thought. I just realized Big Stupid, because stupid is a term of endearment in the in the hood, that's where that comes from. Okay. I just realized that just now. Like, it's not big stupid as in dumb. It's right. like, you stupid. Right. You so stupid. <laughs> like, making somebody laugh. Wow, okay. Interesting. Right. Like, you so, you know. <laughs> We're having breakthroughs here on the podcast. 
<laughs> but um, so from the days of Double Decker to now, okay. right? So b- doing everything you've done so far, doing the Netflix thing, getting ready to do a show at the fucking Apollo, dude. Like that's some big shit, man. Like so, I gotta. Now ask, you want to talk about terror? I mean, what's it like to walk out to the stadium oh. where they're gonna, where you know part of the gig is they might boo you the fuck yeah, off, right? What's going on in your guts at that moment? I don't even, I don't know. It's honestly, still, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I like. It's Have you been, not done it yet? Have I misinterpreted what we're yeah. saying? Yeah. So it's in November. November. Oh, 10th. you haven't done it yet. I thought no. we were saying you'd already. Done. Oh no, it's okay. Coming so up. well, right now. Sure, but right. I imagine when you get out there, good uh, lord, it's gonna be <laughs> man. It's still very surreal uh, to even to even have Bob Sumner call like based on his legacy and have a relationship. Now it's yeah, surreal is a term I would use and or word. And I'm thinking that. I just hope they like me. I don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what else. If it, they don't, they'll let it be known. Yeah. <laughs> do you, how do I? Do you think it's just a question of getting through it without getting booed off, or is it a question of like? To me, that's success. Sure. Just I. They they let me <laughs> yeah, do my five. Yeah, they let me live. <laughs> yeah, like, but th- there's that level of success, and then there's you fucking murdered. They booed a teenage Lauren Hill. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, so here's a question then, right? <laughs> Boos or no booze, uh-huh. right? It, it like it's obviously a badge of honor just to be a part of that history, right? You know what I mean? But at a certain level, right? Let's say you go up there and like you get the hook in like three minutes. Wow. Right. Let's say let's say terrible night. You get the hook in three minutes. Do you go? Fuck it. I'm so me, like I'm so going forward, or do you feel like that indicates something? I feel like that would make the suicide note make more sense. (laughs) 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 If you're reading this, that means that the same man came out. (laughs) He brushed me off the stage like trash. Good Lord. I mean, look, if Lauren Hill persevered sure <laughs> I think, right yeah but that, i think rio could pull it off right but that's kind of what i'm asking right yeah. is like is this just a question because you know like connecting to our people's history and like being a part of it like is this just part of it of like yo you just got to go through this you just got to you know one way or the other it doesn't matter you now have your stamp in the history or is it a question of like i want to <clears throat> i mean everyone wants to do well but it's like i want to do well to like so that way I don't have to write the note. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I want to I wanna do well. I feel like I have relate enough relatable material to, to that the audience would enjoy. And I, I in my mind, I think that it's going to go well. I'm doing 20 minutes. I, at this now, if I was doing this, uh, and had only been hosting, let's say, sure. mm-hmm. and I never featured, I never headlined, I think I would be a lot more nervous. And I probably would not have even have said yes. <laughs> I'd be like, thanks for the offer, <laughs> but I know how it's going to turn out if I do 20 minutes. So, no thank you. Uh, but I, I'm leaning more on the side of, I think it should go well. If it doesn't, 
then I will. Just, I mean, what do you do? You just next show, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's really it's you know, comedy is always at a certain level like a game in numbers because mm-hmm. it's like you can. I mean, how many times have you seen a comic like crushing? You know, at like an open mic or like at a show, and then it's like. Oh, they should have gotten off like at minute five when they were crushing, like they yeah. were supposed to. But they're like, just one more <laughs> yeah. bit. If right. I get one more minute, and it's like mm-hmm. that one more minute went from stellar to fucking awful. Sure, you know? yeah, the boxer that doesn't know when to retire, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you go out on a high note. Yeah, I, I did it. I win. I'm I'm going home. That's right. Now I've never performed up north, uh, so. Again, in my mind, I'm thinking it's going to go well, but I've never done New New Jersey. I've never done New York. I've never. So are you planning to like do any shows in that area before you do that? Or you like try to get like acclimated to New York audiences or, you know, just northern audiences in general? Is this. So first, the first call I got from Bob was in terms of uh, like booking anything was they're doing a comedy jazz festival in August. So he asked me, did I want to do that? So that'd be August 13th. And then the 14th is just jazz. So I'll check that out. And then he wants to film a half hour special on the 15th or 16th of August. Okay. So that'll give me a chance to be in front of a up North crowd for the first time before doing the Apollo. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Well, that's a whole different story. You've got a special in the can at that point, so you're, right. you know, doesn't. I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you want to. Of course, you want to do well if yeah. you're at the Apollo. But for Christ's sake, you've got a special <laughs> in the can, so you're good. <laughs> yeah, I that it's everything for me is show by show. I honestly, I do hope that. Every time I get on stage, it goes well, but I always feel like there's a chance that it might not. Mm. I always have in the back of my mind, they may not like me. There's a, For me, there's always that portion of like, I don't know what this is about my self-esteem, mm-hmm. but there's always that portion of me that has like this very quiet fear of like, I'm going to get up on stage and the audience's one is just going to like get up and walk out the door <laughs> yeah. together. Like it was like some elaborate prank of like, oh yeah, we're going to book this show, mm-hmm. get everybody in here. And then as soon as he hits the stage, fuck this motherfucker, I'm out. Like, yeah. The whole thing was just a prank <laughs> yeah. on you. I just had two girls. I just did 25 minutes at a mic and I had two girls walk out like right as soon as my set ended, they left and they were laughing at certain things, but I knew certain jokes I was telling. They called themselves being offended by. So it's you can't please everyone. Very true. (laughs) So. So here's a question for you, speaking of pleasing everyone and, you know, having people walk out of shows and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I have seen you on stage get contentious with audience members yeah. who try to, you know, go like, I don't appreciate this. I don't appreciate that. Right. Especially in the light of, you know, like how this seems to be getting more screen time in mm-hmm. our community in general. I mean, for <laughs> heaven's sakes, like the Will Smith fucking bullshit going sure. down. How do you feel like those situations need to be handled. Is that something that should be Rio's responsibility of like, yo, I'm on stage. It's my show right now. I'm going to handle this. Or is this like, yo, club security, like where the fuck are you? Or like, Mm, I think that 
Both parties are responsible. I, I never would condone someone coming up on stage, especially if you came to a comedy show. Like, what are you doing? Uh, it's very easy to leave if you're that offended by what the comic is saying or any mm -hmm. artist, even if it was music. But I think that for me, what I've started doing is saying everyone in this audience has done things behind closed doors that no one knows about that if we found out about, you could get canceled. And psychologically, I'm just trying to let the audience know Stop acting holier than thou. Stop stop this pretentious behavior that you're exhibiting as uh, this perfect person when no one's that way. And it seems like that puts the crowd at ease. So you actually prep them that way. You say yes. that stuff. Yes. Sometimes. I'm seeing that more and more. Uh, right. Gervais has been doing that for, okay. the, for his last two or three specials. Gotcha. He, he has stood up and just basically told the audience, hey, it's jokes. It's okay. like... Um, Jimmy Carr is that his name? Yeah. The other British guy. <laughs> so all these yeah. well, non-American guys. Right. Like. Well, the other Jimmy Carr because Jimmy Carr does dark. Oh yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. You know? Love him though. So, but he has this tendency to either begin or stop halfway through and go yeah. like, guys, right? We're just saying things that aren't real. Mm -hmm. You know, don't get mad or sure. or do get mad, but. None of this is real. Yes. Like, it's just this weird, like, mm -hmm. you have to keep re resetting these days, it seems sure. like, which mm -hmm. is odd. It is because they they have, when I say they, I'm speaking of the powers that be, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> There's agendas in, in the works, and I think that people have been made to feel like they should be offended by things that, they would not have been in the past, but now it's like, hold on, am I so like in their mind? They're like, am I supposed to be offended by that? Right. Let me look around. Is it? I'm even catching myself doing that now. Yeah. I, I don't make it their problem. Sure. But I, but I, you know, I'll watch a show that's three, four years old, and mm -hmm. someone will make a joke, and I'll be like, can they? Can, yeah. Are, are they allowed to? Right. Can we? Yeah. <laughs> it's the programming of it all. Yeah. Yeah, because the show's, but that's what we're talking about we're talking about progressively people have gotten more conscious of oh if i i have a friend from said group if they saw me laughing at this they would be offended by that right right, right. <laughs> so yeah it's sad okay so <laughs> i i gotta dive into it so rio okay i love you to death Love you too. Eight, <laughs> Eighteen minutes. I walked into this. Episode, how long would it take? I think he's going to go to conspiracy theories. Oh, right. No, I, I mean are. we are. Okay. All right. This is how I'm going to phrase it. <laughs> you have a distinctly different worldview than I have. I am more than happy. <laughs> To go, I am full this, of shit. Yeah. This right? might be the moment where I just turn my mic off <laughs> and watch the... I'm going to get some popcorn, guys. <laughs> so what I what I want to ask from you, okay. because I have, and I, I'm quoting your words here, okay. I've heard you say Dave Chappelle had to take a ritualistic dick oh, in Oh, wow. Ass. This is... I was not expecting <laughs> so this to go that way. So I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. I said that I said that it's possible that 
they wanted to run a train on Dave Chappelle. Okay. And that he rejected that. Okay. Who is they? Uh, uh, people who would play a part in him receiving $50 million for two seasons. Right. Now, let me ask you, can I, I just want to ask questions. Sure. Because I, I've only heard these things through Rafiq. Okay. I've never right. actually had these conversations. With right, right, right. So I, my assumption is that what's about to happen is Rafiq is going to go out of his way to challenge you. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not interested in that. I just want sure. to know. So they, uh-huh. being the people who could could or could not give him $50 million. Sure. Could that also not just be a studio who goes, this guy's getting good ad money and we want to keep him around? Wait, okay, so what would be associated with him going to Africa after whatever happened in the meeting? Like immediately saying, I got to get out of America. This was... I just got to go. I don't know how long I'm going to be there, but I don't feel safe right now. So I'm leaving the country. Like what would make, well, you know, he did film stuff for the third season. Uh, correct. So, I mean, I, I think the I think the ink had been dry on the, on the deal at that point. No, no, no. So in, in theory, the reason why he rejected it is because a producer or someone was laughing too hard when they were filming right. a sketch, right? And supposedly that's... What, so the idea is that he felt like he... The humor was funny to the wrong people, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Which is r- Which not is unreasonable. Story. Right. 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 So, I mean, that's possible. And then the... Or... Sir, right. Or you are... It sounds like you're kind of taking a leap and going... Someone laughing too hard doesn't warrant fleeing the country. Right. So, okay. so, so Dave Chappelle also uh, believe in his Inside the Actor Studio interview spoke about Martin and Martin was saying they're after me and and was running on the freeway and and Dave Chappelle was talking about Mariah Carey. He's like, maybe it's not the people. He talked about instantly being called crazy. They mm-hmm. instantly called him crazy. They instantly said he was on drugs, said he was on crack. Sure. So there's some common things that happen when, if you notice with celebrities who have a certain stature, oftentimes when they're on the rise, if they fall off, so to speak, then you'll start hearing they're crazy. You'll start hearing they're addicted to drugs and the public's perception of them is meant to change. Right. Yeah. But, but so my question, not as a challenge, <laughs> but just so I can understand. Okay. How does uh-huh. Rio Paris, very talented, very capable. How does Rio Paris go from here okay. to success Wow. Chappelle success. Wow. And not engage in that. If Rio Paris, <laughs> <laughs> the little third person, this is what Rio should do. <laughs> right? Like, like what, how does the world function according to Rio? Okay. So Rio is going to cross, uh, Cross bridges when the time comes. <laughs> so do you, I mean, do you, I guess the answer would be yes, but I mean, do you see yourself 
wanting to be in a stratospheric stardom world? Yeah, I want I want to I hate comparing, but I would like to let's let's say so uh arenas and stadiums sure. for right. stand up, right? And then got a movie coming out next month, so I want to do more acting. And you did you did also the uh the music for it, right? No, no, no. Uh, I just did the music video. Okay. Yeah, I appeared in the music video for it for the first single. It was called FLA. The movie's called What the Hell. Uh, so it's a comedy. King Cobra Enterprise has got your film productions. Love the Sanders. They, uh, it's a funny movie. Uh, and I, I caught the acting bug, as they say. It's not the first time I acted, but I enjoyed it a lot. So you're doing like the triple threat thing, like comedy, acting, music? Would like to. Okay. Well, right. to, yeah. So can you get to a stardom stratosphere without going through some time will creepy, tell. Creepy <laughs> <laughs> time are, will tell. Are there are there super famous actors who are super rich that, yeah. that have not gone through creepy cult shit to get there? Um I don't know. Okay. I yeah, I don't know. So here's an interesting question that in this cosmetology, Kevin Hart, for example. I was just thinking right? about him. Right? Kevin Hart fucking yeah. movies with The Rock all the time. The most I, successful comic. Right. I go like ever. I go, Kevin Hart, like, does not look like, at least in this context, does not look like he'd be fun to run a train on. So like Wow. <laughs> here's so, the thing. Right? Well, <laughs> I don't know about Kevin Hart. <laughs> this is why I won't let you do that. <laughs> I like how I walk. I know if you do that, I'm going to be walking different after. Right. Reason why I'm going to be walking different yeah. after. <laughs> so yeah, like, at, but he's great though. I love Kevin. Oh Hart. yeah, no, he's fantastic. Joey uh, Wills also. But like, I'm you know again, there's just part of me that goes like, I really would love to fully understand because mm -hmm. like, if this is something that people like Chappelle and Hart and you know like. Clooney or, you know, sure. Mariah Carey or whoever. Mm -hmm. And this is something all the famous people got to deal with. Right. If you got to drink the baby's blood or whatever and were to be part of that circle. I never told him that. that I, no, I, I, I never in. mentioned I'm, baby blood. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what the rules are. Hey, man, what I would say is depending on <laughs> you have to decide what you want to be in this world. What do you want to... It, in terms of stand-up, are you good doing comedy clubs your entire career? Do you want to do theaters? Do you want to do arenas and stadiums? Do you want to be in movies? Do you want to have multiple businesses? How much money do you want to make? What's a comfortable amount of, of do you want to be rich or do you want to be wealthy? All of these things, I believe, play a part in... What someone may, what type of proposition you may be <laughs> so it's like, presented with? So it's like some dude in a black robe is like crafting like a specific like policy to be yeah. like, well, you know, if Rafiq <laughs> is gonna want theaters, we're gonna need like yeah. 
three goat sacrifices, right. two ritual sodomies. And there you go. Yeah, that sounds accurate. Accurate. That, <laughs> accurate. <laughs> Semi. I think you're missing a few things, but yeah. I like the idea of like some Illuminati with like an office. Like he's got like a Geico policy to sell. Me. Yeah. Um. One thing I will say. Yeah. Like if you want a hundred million dollars, do you want to be a billionaire one day? Uh, all of those things I believe matter because you can fly under the radar as so to your question it which you mentioned like super famous like the yeah. yeah yeah I mean you what level of fame are you trying to attain right and so you feel like that I, determines whether or not you got to participate in this or is it more of a like well if you want to go from D lister to C lister, <laughs> then you gotta be a part of. You might one of these stay clubs. a C lister. <laughs> like, not everyone is going to get approached. Not everyone does get approached. I don't think. I think. Okay, that's my question. Mm-hmm. Let's assume that there's some whatever they are, right? And they approach you, and yeah. they say, "If you pass our rite of passage, we mm-hmm. will take you to the next place." Wow! Can you get to the next place mm-hmm. without? Ever interacting with that group of people? I don't believe so. It could be possible, but I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, when it's all said and done, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you go, so, you know, again, and again, this is me legitimately, you know, being curious and trying to sure. understand. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know that anyone listening has really clarified is there a, a, a real quick Reader's Digest version? Because so, I'm just now realizing we're talking. We haven't actually said what it is that Rio believes. Well, that's yeah. what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, even on the baseline level, we just keep yeah. talking about figures and people. Like, in the way that you feel most comfortable, can you give us a streamlined version of what you think is going on out there? Well, I think that I think it was pretty much the... The idea of where, okay, so we know that there are people in positions of power. Sure. Mm-hmm. Bilderberg. Okay. And we've seen, we've seen that power by the world standards. We've seen the power be abused. Sure. Mm-hmm. Epstein. Epstein. We've heard about Weinstein. <clears throat> So someone like Harvey Weinstein, let's use him as an example. Okay. Okay. So yeah, you can, you're going to win an Oscar one day. I can get you in these movies, Mm -hmm. but certain things I want from you because I'm attracted to you. Sure. And some of the women engaged in sexual activities with him. And got their Oscars. They got their Oscars Mm -hmm. or whatever other accolades. And it just kind of... So do you believe... (laughs) Again, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, and I don't want you to say anything that makes you uncomfortable, but I mean... I'm going to use the I word. Is it a... Do you have a full Illuminati-type vision of the world that there's a select group of people in charge that make the decisions, and it's... And it's cultish. I would say... I would say so. I mean, secret societies are, even there was an interview with John Kerry a long time ago. 
I forgot the guy's name for Meet the Press. He ended up having a heart attack. But he's interviewing John Kerry, and he's like, so I heard you're a member of Skull and Bones. And John Kerry just kind of looked at him, and he's like, what is it, a secret? And then John Kerry goes, yeah, so secret we can't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, ha, ha. Like, he was like, dude, what are you doing <laughs> right now? So if that speaks to uh, the reality of people who you don't know what they're involved in, then I would say that it's real. I mean, Skull and Bones is real. There are secret societies that are known. Yeah, I mean, we know that you drive by a place called the Masons. There, It's right there, right, right, you know, and they right. got a weird bull on the top or whatever, okay. you know. Yeah. And a triangle with some goofy shit in the middle. And, who? Yeah. <laughs> here's one thing that's changed, though. My view of... Of anyone in a position of power is not that they're evil people. Mm. Uh, so let me say that too. I don't. <laughs> I don't think John. I don't think Bilderberg, uh, Rockefeller. I don't think these are evil people. I think that there's things that humanity is not aware of, and things that could be perceived as evil, just from the outside looking in. But in actuality, there's a, for whatever reason, there's a a plan. I think there's a plan in place or there's an agenda that the public just is not aware of. And things happen within that. Now, are there rituals that some could deem as sick? Of course, if you find out about, like you said, drinking blood, people would be like, ew, drinking blood. But if you have certain beliefs, then maybe you're drinking blood for a reason. Okay, I mean, like, that's, again... So, uh, where does that... uh, (laughs) How does that fall into people approach Dave Chappelle to fuck him in the ass? So, that is... uh, Like, how is that not evil, I guess is my question. Okay, (laughs) so here's the thing. In your mind, for $50 million, in your mind, if you say, hey, we're going to give you $50 million, but I kind of like you <laughs> a little bit so it just goes back to yeah possible what could be viewed as an abuse of power but if there's an attraction because there's also something like that one might say that uh if you engage in this behavior with me and it just so happens to be recorded if you ever feel like you want to reveal anything, remember, we have this footage. So how is that not evil people doing evil shit? That's direct. You just described <laughs> I mean, that is how abuse works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's literally blackmail. <laughs> right. It is. It is. But blackmail is perception. <laughs> that's the name of the episode. Blackmail is perception. Yeah. Because how do we, how we can say it's wrong, but if it's right to them and it's right to a whole bunch of other people, then you have two different sides. Yeah. So look, if we're going to get real into the nitty gritty of morality, all of good and nitty gritty of reality, morality, morality, I'm talking about morality. Yeah, me too. Like, 
Whatever, dude. Uh, no, because every every society decides for themselves what they define as good and evil. Absolutely. Every some society, you know, there are some things that we as human beings mm-hmm. have kind of across societies have decided is like weird or gross or whatever. Yeah. But like those are very few and far between. And even then, there are a lot of societies that kind of play with those concepts to begin with. Absolutely. So like the idea of you know, like we in a Western society and even in a realistic society okay. would be like, yeah, force it, coercing someone into a situation where it's like, we're going to sodomize you and then uh-huh. film it. And then if you talk about it, we'll show it to everyone right. to, you know, weaken your position or whatever. Sure. We go like, that's evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, given the context of humanity in a large enough fishbowl there's yeah. going to be you know collective of people who go like yeah it's fucking tuesday right like they're not gonna see it as do, evil they're do just- you spank your child or not people who parents who don't spank their children will look at a parent that spanks their child and think that's the most evil thing you can do to mm-hmm, a child right right so but as the parent spanking this is how i discipline right. my child Right. And, you know, and, <laughs> and in this context, I understand what you're talking about. I'm just saying for me. Yeah. Right. I go, I first, like, I go, that's evil. Absolutely. <laughs> but, sure. I, but I also go, like, in a crystalline structure, right? Like, you know, kind of to Alan's point, are we talking about, like, a collective group of people who are like, well, you know, to your point, they know something the average person doesn't know. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, there are fucking aliens are going to come in 50 right. years and destroy society unless we do X, Y, and Z. Get rid of this amount of people. Right. <laughs> like know. the world's population gets reduced from 8 billion Thanos. to 200,000 for some reason. Right. And, you know, I so let's say that's a thing. I go, is is that what we're looking at? Are we looking at like a pyramid structure of like there's just some guy named Dave who's in charge of everything or I guess like, that's my direct question sorry are you done go ahead you're gonna my, uh, talk my, over me anyway no 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 go ahead <laughs> go ahead no my direct question is do you believe there is a single organization overseeing all, all the stuff I think that there are uh I think there are extraterrestrials. I think extraterrestrials have the power. Okay. <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> that's what I that's what I think. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's I mean this is part of the fascination that I uh, or part of the reason why I should say I love having these conversations with you because yeah. I go in my it's been a mind, while. <laughs> right? I go in my mind, I go, that doesn't particularly make sense to me, mm-hmm. but I would love to learn why <laughs> they care. Like, yeah, sure. You know, like, and if you, <laughs> like, if you didn't have the answer, that's absolutely fine too. But I just go like, why would extraterrestrials care what humans do? Interesting like, question. <laughs> Do you have an answer to that question? I do. Uh, Are you willing to share? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, look at the, how did the human being on earth even come to be? Like the current humans, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty deep question. 
pretty deep history of humanity's development. So yeah, there there was an influence that caused the what you could picture as a, a stupid caveman, mm-hmm. stupid as in dumb, uh, <laughs> uh, to go from that where everyone looked alike to the human that you see today. Well, Rio, I have a book called Dianetics that I would love to share. <laughs> Do you think that they're kind of uh, just keeping an eye? Like, are, are we an experiment or like they're pets? I would say experiment in a sense. Okay. Um, I would also say that uh, there are aliens on Earth uh, in various parts of the country. So we need a pair of magic glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Men in black. There's so many movies that people just think are great movies. Sure. Oh, man, that was funny, man. Imagine if it was really... (laughs) <laughs> but movies show people a lot, but because it's uh, just a form of entertainment, most people are not even meant to question if it could be a reality because you've watched it on television or you've seen it on the big screen. It's just like, oh, man, that was good. I mean, you should see the movie. They, It's about this. Mm-hmm. They never associate the entertainment with potentially being a reality that we're living in. So you in a, or at least in this context view movies as a potential thought experiment as to what if this series of events were to occur as opposed to purely like, this is an interesting story that somebody told. Right. Well, so we see foreshadowment. uh, We see, the the pre-programming you've seen movies with a virus uh as an example and then in real life it ends up happening the same way it happened in this movie from 2007 so it's a and there's several examples of that Mm -hmm. but that's just something that happens now how the writer of the movie knows the person that wrote the script who knows how they even Star Wars, uh, Avatar. Um, there's so many. The list goes on and on. Born Identity, mm-hmm. can, the movie conspiracy theory. Uh, <laughs> so there's a book I know I've talked about it with Alan before, but there's a book that I love mm-hmm. out there called the Illuminatus Trilogy. Oh, there we go. Uh, which <laughs> the, no, it, to talk to your concept of you know, entertainment versus thought experiment. Sure. Like the idea of the book is that every conspiracy theory is true mm-hmm. on some level. Okay. Right. If you believe Atlanteans are real, right. Uh, the book treats them as reality, but they will also go, well, you know, the Atlanteans are actually a cover story for the Illuminati. And okay. then it's like, well, the Illuminati are actually a cover story for these aliens. These okay. aliens are actually a cover story for Greg the Butcher, who's like really the rea- uh, author of reality. This okay. Greg the Butcher is a cover story because we're just characters in a book waiting until the author can actually figure out how he wants this story to end. So you know- Never get to the center of the Tootsie Roll Pop. Right. (laughs) There's so many layers. You just go from layer to layer, but your, it sounds like with that example, you can go your whole life thinking that 
this is reality and it's going to be, but it's only a reality to you because it's what you believe. But the, the person next to you can be seeing the world in a completely different way. But even their reality is not reality because here's this other reality. Dude, last night I watched the most recent episode of the Orville. Do you watch that show? Uh, On occasion. yeah. Fucking great. Okay. The, the, the very theocratic uh, people are Mm -hmm. like, you should not go into this sector because there are demons in that sector. Got it. And then, of course, the very science-based people are like, eh, there's no such thing as demons. Mm. They go into that sector, mm. and they get infected with something that mm. starts turning them into these, like, giant bug people. Gotcha. And it's the idea of, like, well, if you're coming for, at it from this worldview, mm. you're going to see it as a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. If you're coming at it from this worldview, you're just going to see it as microbes right. rewriting your DNA. Yeah. But at the end of the day... It's still a reality that something got inside you and turned you into a horrific bug yes. monster. Right. You know? Yes. What you guys don't understand is I have been trying to tell you this whole podcast. We are just figments <laughs> of Randy <laughs> imagination. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you never know who's human and who's alien. Right. Yeah. I, I will say this, you know, in the context of like theology versus science versus, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. is like there's a certain amount of it where it's like, you can go like, <laughs> this is what we know as of right now. This is a repeatable experimentation that we have done. Like we know if you drink this tea or eat this plant, like yeah. it has these effects. We're right. still, we, you can then go, we are studying what those effects mean. Sure. But, you know, but uh, then you're going to have positive, you're going to have the positive side effects and the negative. Right. Right. And there's going to be a disagreement about that. Right, and that can warrant further study, mm-hmm. which is the reason why, again, I love having these conversations with you because I go, I have always tried to live my life under the concept of, like, I think I know what's going on, but yeah, I yeah. am probably full of shit. Well, they, here's, so 95% of people in the world aren't even meant to see what, um, what a lot of, Okay, so 5% of people in the world, in theory, can see the world for what it is. They, they see through what the media is saying. They see through... Uh, they get a peek behind big the Big pharma. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, hold, no, you're doing... You're saying this for this. You're doing this hey, hey, for Rafiq, this reason. Hey, Rafiq, how much percent of the world is schizophrenic? <laughs> <laughs> Just a question. <laughs> that's a that's a great question. I yeah. think, but, but in the in the context of this conversation, what if those people aren't actually schizophrenic? What right, if it's all right. an illusion created by more powerful entities yeah, out yeah. there? Yeah. Well, mental health itself, I feel. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Mental health. Uh, I feel like <laughs> there's so many things that have been created that are just normal human behavior that they've been able to come up with the term to diagnose someone with it. And I feel like that's made uh them a lot of money okay but like mm-hmm. cars we know are a thing because we invented cars so in the context of inventing things to kind of define what a thing is doing mm-hmm. don't you think it might be possible to go like well so and so has violent schizophrenic outbursts right 
So that's a thing that we have defined because we've studied the brain patterns of all these people who do sure. similar behavior and yeah. found that it's similar. No, schizophrenia is more on the, okay, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're probably schizophrenic. My, uh, my grandma had her friend's father, no, her friend's father-in-law staying with her mm-hmm. just so she could get money. He rented out a room. So my uncle, who got murdered, uh, when he was alive, he cut hair. And the schizophrenic father-in-law that was living with my grandma, uh, one day, one day he told my uncle, he's like, look, <laughs> all right, Obama coming into town. I already talked to him. You're going to cut his hair. He's going to pay you real good. Don't ask the man no questions. He does not want to talk to you. Cut his mm-hmm. hair. Make sure he look good for TV. And that's it, Okay. And the same man ended up getting, not being able to stay with my grandmother anymore because he ran around the neighborhood butt naked and someone called the police. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying, (laughs) 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 let me make that really clear, I'm not saying there are not people who have chemical imbalances. Mm -hmm. I get it. What I am saying, though, is not everyone who is diagnosed with something uh, it's not always accurate, and or or they're part of the or, or they're part of the Randy five percent who <laughs> they actually see what's really happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like to, to Rio's credit, like when my dad was alive, right. he would and this is this is kind of where my contention with the entire thing comes. Okay. In. Right. Because when my dad was alive, he would always tell us stories of like, I'm working with like General Betrayus to like move money out of Africa mm-hmm. or, you know, like I'm working with these guys in Honduras yeah. to like help with these gold shipments and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, OK, I love you. General Betrayus, a U.S. military member, is not going to send you an email from a Yahoo email account. (laughs) So I go... At least Gmail. Right? (laughs) I go, like, you would think if the Illuminati were going to, you know, like, have a general work with you, they would have, like, at least some professionalism about it. So I kind of look at the overarching concept Mm -hmm. of, like, society is ordered by some sort of hierarchy to which Uh I go, there are people in power, right? There will always be people who have just hoarded enough resources that they can convince people through hook or crook to do their bidding. Okay. But that doesn't stop some lunatic. Okay. Getting a gun and going to a school and shooting people. So I go at what point in time, Mm -hmm. Right. Do you disassociate, you know, this was a plan by the, you know, again, not putting this on you, but this was a plan by the Illuminati to distract from X, Y, and Z. Right. So this was just a very sick person. Yeah. Who engaged in this activity. I get that. Yeah. There's a a thin line between uh, something real and a false flag or, or a psyop. There's a, you have to be able to look in depth into a lot of details that goes from the parents to uh the the victims mm-hmm. to where it happened what they're saying about the so-called shooter uh yeah there's a lot of factors that go into that right but and- that goes back to 
just because people are told something happened and they go into detail about how it happened doesn't mean that that's the truth. And that's fair. Propaganda is a real thing. I ain't going to argue that with you. I'm just saying, and this is what it always comes down to when you and I have this conversation, is I go like... (laughs) Brother, like, I just need, like, <laughs> I need, like, a notarized document or something. I just need. I just Tell need, me the truth. Tell me. Right? Tell me you're an alien that's There's, pretending to be. Go ahead. Sorry. I just need Bob Illuminati to come out yeah. and just be like, yo, man, I got so much power. Like, why wouldn't I just show my dick in yeah. public? Let me because, make a phone call. I'm tired of this. I'm, right? <laughs> hold on. My big thing, uh-huh. this has always been my, I, I'm not even anti the possibility of a centralized whatever that's in charge of everything right have you ever worked in any kind of government job my father my father was uh uh he worked for the government okay we'll say the government they're useless yeah. if you if you get a government job okay from from filing papers to being the admiral yeah yeah it's just chaos yeah and there's two answers to that Uh one is that people are inefficient and stupid Mm -hmm. and they can't really balance these powerful structures they've created okay or Uh there's a shadowy figure that keeps this thing ineffectual on purpose well they do speak about a shadow government those who you're in i mean what's what's the illuminati what's illumination we can see things when it's dark it's light for us so like we it's basically knowing the truth it's that's why the owl at bohemian grove that's why they took owls can see at night like it's the illumination you mm-hmm. if this room was dark it would still be like the light was on. You can still see everything as it is, where as in people say we turn the lights off, they would just be in a dark room. But if you know the truth, if you're the one that's putting it all together, then you're just watching people believe what you're telling them. But you orchestrated the whole thing. For with an agenda on your mind. It's the entire purpose. If there's a shooting, okay, Say say it's real. Mm-hmm. Okay. It still helps towards the agenda. Now, if this one was real, maybe this next one doesn't have to be. We can do our own and make people believe it's real. Because the objective is to make people feel like gun reform is necessary. And I'm not mm-hmm. going into detail about any of that, but... I guess here's my... Uh, now I'm becoming a challenge guy. Uh, why would huh? the powers that be okay. ever give us the option of ever having a gun? All the way back to 16-whatever when we first created guns. Okay, so as society has developed, I think that there are plans change. Uh, what you, how you're going to accomplish your end goal changes based on sometimes I don't think that they know people as, even though they've done the programming, 
I think sometimes people surprise them. Oh, we really thought they were going to go for this, but oddly enough, most people don't believe it or aren't falling for it. So now it's like plans on top of plans for, okay, if they don't bite this, we're going to do this. If that doesn't work, then we're going to do this. So I think over time, what has happened with guns, it wasn't always a, I mean, the 1600s, now that we're in the 21st century, of course, the the thoughts on guns have changed. Mm-hmm. Guns are not being used in the same manner. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that, let's say the plan is to go into people's homes and <laughs> for whatever reason, won't go into that. Say you want to go into people's homes and you want to remove them from their home as quickly as you can. You really don't want to deal with assault rifles. Uh, for however many Americans have them in their home. Mm-hmm. So if you can make people believe that they don't need them anymore because look what is being done with them. I got to tell you, you got a point because <laughs> out in Australia where mm-hmm. they have no guns, mm-hmm. they just started taking people out of their homes and putting them in quarantine camps. I didn't that, know that. That's not even, Yeah, there's nothing conspiratorial about that. You can find easy videos on the internet wow. of people stuck in these quarantine camps going, yeah, I'm just sitting here. Okay. They literally came into my home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> took me out. Yeah. and shoved me in this quarantine camp. I knew they were doing that for the unvaccinated. I didn't know they were. It was I can't. It was either people who had been diagnosed or unvaccinated or some combination right, right. of the two. I can't remember. But Australians got their guns taken away. Also, of uh, years ago, they did some kind of buyback program thing. Oh yeah, and basically the average Australian citizen cannot have that, a gun. That's smart, but you have to make people believe that it's the it's it's for the betterment of the right. country. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, but I'm not but, saying I believe in the Illuminati. But, by the way. <laughs> I'm just I, I would just like to. And I'm also not saying that I believe any shootings were staged. I, I, I would just like to point out though that. Let's say what you are talking about in Australia is true to whatever given extent. Why not do this in a society like Japan, which also doesn't have guns, also has a population of unvaccinated and uh, ill individuals, Mm -hmm. and is a much more... uh, pressurized society where you are taught to kind of function along the lines of conformity. Sure. Would it not be more logical to... Yes, I don't believe in the Illuminati because of what you're saying. Right. But what I was saying earlier is I can see how if you are a believer, you can kind of find your answers in shit that's really out there. Right. And, you know... Again, I am I am wholly willing to be like Rafik is full of shit because all those things I just said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's just my perception of it. Right. But well America America's uh America's very America's different from any other country in the world. So when we compare we compare um a continent or a country like it's not it's not going to make sense it, to me Respectfully, like it doesn't even make sense to compare because America's vastly different in terms of what America is in this world. 
compared to what Japan is in this world or what Australia is in this world. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm going to be honest and just say I, I am following along. My brain is starting to fizzle out. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, can I, can I end on, have I ever told the Mason story on this podcast when I ran into those Masons? No, I'll, I'll, I don't think you've told it on the podcast. You okay. have told it to me. Before. <laughs> Rio, this is a great story. I love it. There was a bar that I used to go to. It was mm-hmm. right by my house. It was my favorite bar. Right. And like right across the street was a Mason. Masonic Thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, one night I was in that bar and the place just started filling up with fat white dudes wearing fezes. Wow. And I was like, what the fuck is going on <laughs> in here? And then I put two and two together. Oh, there's the Mason thing across the street. Right. These guys have, they have spilled out and they have entered the bar to have drinks and have a good time. Right. So let's say a month later. I'm back. I was still teaching at the time. So I went up there on a Sunday to grade papers and have a beer. And I see these guys behind me and they're talking. And I'm like, God damn, these guys look so familiar. (laughs) And I go, oh, those are the guys that I saw. And they're just bullshitting. They're drunk. They're being loud. At one point, one of them got stuck. And I kind of jumped in and gave them the answer. And then I realized that's kind of obnoxious. I left them alone, you know. So they disperse. I swear to God, this happened the way I'm about to describe it. I believe you. He walks up to me, one of the guys. He goes, hey, you ever watch those like documentaries about the secrets of the Masons? And I'm like, no, not really. He goes, well, you just heard all the secrets of the Masons. And I said something like, man, the only, I said something like, the man, the only, the only thing I heard you say was that if you get stuck in a service, just say amen a lot. He laughs, and I swear to you, he goes, yeah, no one will come after you for that. And then he just walked off. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) 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 And we are at an hour, and poor Rafiq looks like he's about had it. He looks like he got hit by a train. I I love it. There is one other other thing that I want to talk to not about this. Okay. Completely pushing away. Sure. Right. So, Rio, you have been doing music. For a long time. Yes, sir. All right, you have been in the rap game for a minute now. I've seen you, you know, hit your marks. I've seen you fucking drop bars. I Hell, we even did that one uh, music video with John Jacobs. Yeah. Um, I remember that, the freestyle. Right. So yeah. my question that uh, was coming uh, to you was... I just saw Bo Burnham drop the new Inside or Inside Out. Takes. I saw the trailer. Yeah, right. So I wanted to kind of ask you, as somebody who has been doing uh, music for a while and has been doing comedy for a while, is there ever a temptation to do musical comedy? Do you view those as like two separate things? Do you find that the promotion for them is like different things for you, so you separate them, or like what's the case? So I started doing parodies when I was in like, when I was in elementary school. And then, uh, so, but I, I haven't wanted to do that in a standup. Like I said, I believe I can fly. I did. I believe I can eat. Mm. Um, I believe I can eat. Call it. <laughs> Collard greens and pickled pig feet is <laughs> like I did. Uh, y'all remember going to November? Yeah. But yeah. white club, so I did going to church's chicken. Um, so that was chicken. I'm going to. I'm trying to put the syllables together. Right. I'll be going to church's chicken. I'll be going okay. to church's chicken. Uh, 
I wonder if they're going to realize that I'm missing. I, I forgot what I said, but that was, so I enjoy that, or at least I, I probably still would, but I, I don't want to do parodies. I, if I'm rapping, it's just going to be like real hip hop and that's what I want to do. So you wouldn't go like the little dicky route where you wouldn't no. be like, I'm going to drop an album that's funny and you know, solid music. Not as myself. Like I have a, a rap character I play called Ignit For Real. <laughs> I appreciate that name. <laughs> yeah. Just like a stupid a stupid rapper character, uh just real hood mm-hmm. garbage songs and freestyling, but he thinks he's great. So and that's just a play on so, like, would, of, you, would you do that character on a show? I would. Okay, but you wouldn't do that as, like, to, let's say Brooklyn Nine-Nine was still around. Like, you would be, they were like, hey, Rio, we want you on the show. Can you write a character for this scene or whatever? You would play, you know, let's say that character on the show, but you wouldn't drop an album no. under that character's name. Even the TV pilot we did for HBO, I played a rapper, um, Lil Juju. But that's the extent of it. Like, I'm not... Little Dicky came in as a kind of comedic rapper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did... Uh, what's the I'm gonna pop some tags? Uh, oh, uh, shit. What is his name? <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. I, so Everyone whole, knew his name when he was hot. Yeah, uh, that, that whole thing is about literally shopping at a thrift store. Right. <laughs> People like that kind of stuff. But that's, again, like... What do you? He ended up making more serious songs, if you will. But no, that's not. That's not as me. Like Bo Burnham does things as Bo Burnham. Mm-hmm. Little Dicky's the character. He and then the TV show. So he's that. That's not what I plan on doing. My stand up. I have the topics I want to discuss. Hip hop. I have topics I want to discuss. And the hip hop isn't going to be comedic. And the stand up is comedic but it's like topics i want to get across so you would go just just to provide some context for Mm -hmm. like the folks at home you would go more of like a donald glover route of you know like hey man i got the comedy i got you know the writing etc etc yes but like over here completely separate is going to be my music right do you find that there's any issue with like promotion wise in that context then for you as a whole? You know, are you ever afraid that people are going to look at you and go like, oh, you know, like I love his music, but like, you know, heaven forbid, but like he's a garbage actor or are you afraid that people are going to be like, he is super funny, but like, have you heard his music? Like, I cannot stand that portion of him. Do you feel like, there's an issue promotional wise that you're afraid that like audiences are going to overlap or think you have to do one before you do the other. People have to know you for one. And I think if you're what people would deem as good at the other thing, I think, mm, I think you have to do think people have to know you for comedy first. So you think you you think you can go funny to serious, but not serious to funny per se. Yeah, 
Okay, I can I can feel with that. <laughs> I, one more question because I I know what Alan's about to do. <laughs> well, top, we're at an hour, so we're done. Right. Uh, top three in the game. Ooh, alive. Yep, top three in the game right now. Rappers or comics? Both. Fuck it, we got the time. <laughs> Rafiq, we are at an hour. <laughs> we can go over. Okay. Motherfucker, this is our show. Like, who's going to come at, Like, are they going to come and kick us off our okay. own show? Um, Top rappers in the game right now. Uh, that's an interesting question. I mean, you could say, I still think Eminem is rapping. At a, a top tier level, I like Kendrick, and I like J. Cole. There are several others. Black Star just dropped a new album. But but is that top three? I, uh, I mean, it could be considered that. That's what I mean. But if Eminem, Kendrick, J. Cole. Okay. And oh, uh, then you got... Griselda, Benny the Butcher, and Conway the Machine. <laughs> it, put it this way. There's so many good rappers right now, I don't know. Even comics. Uh. What's that term? <clears throat> uh, it's a negative term of riches where like you have so much riches, it's a problem. What's that called? The oh. something of riches. Whatever that's called. Yeah. The, I think we... Entertainment wise, that's just what we're living in right now. Yeah, just like an abundance. Yeah, it's like yeah. you can't you can't just get into rap because yeah. there's a you know. Have you tried to like look at a video game store lately? No, I mean it's out of control. Where would you even? I don't know. I it's a like I remember Mario. I guess yeah. I'll just buy the new Mario because there's a four hundred. I like comics wow. are out of control. Every yeah. every there's a million publishers. Got publishing it. 50 books a month. It's out. Of, it's bizarre. Interesting. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you have like 8 billion people. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> let's say 1% of that. You know, I used to do that bit talking about like getting 1% of people to suck your yes. dick. It's like, that's yes. a shit ton of people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And the pandemic people, since they were forced to be at home, they, are just kind of at home more <laughs> than yeah. they used to be too. So you're going to do the things that you can do at home, like play video games, read comics, listen to music. You can listen to music outside at home and play games now on the phone. But being at home, you're in a relaxed environment. You mm -hmm. just kind of want to be more, left alone now. Yeah, more of a creative space. Mm -hmm. uh, so are we going to expose him? I, I think we're over, man. We got to get it done. All right. We got look. You, I I woke up feeling like shit. You look like you're about to die. I mean, I'm always about to die. <laughs> well, aren't we all? Rio, it has been lovely to have you. Uh, Thank you for having me. Today is the 11th of June. Do you have any upcoming shows or things you want to promote? Uh, just on Instagram, Rio Paris fans. R i o p a r i s fans. And then Facebook, Rio Paris, and uh, stay tuned. Anything that I have coming up can be seen on those platforms. Uh, the movie What the Hell will be on Tubi, uh, which has 51 million monthly active users. Nice. So looking forward to seeing what happens with that. What the T-H-A hell 
that will be on Tubi. Tubi's free to sign up. Nice. <laughs> So, uh, did Tubi pay you for this? No, no, they did not, not at all. Uh, but stay on the lookout festival coming in August and then November 10th, the Apollo. So, we'll see what the summer shapes out to be and in, into the winter. Oh, yeah. Well, I have one last question for you, Rafik. Oh, fuck. Here, <laughs> here it comes. You know what's coming. Okay. Here's the question. So, uh, so how about this? I was afraid you're gonna ask mm-hmm. that. I, I J- you might just be. like I am every time. <laughs> and I just want you to know that when I die mm-hmm. on the inside mm-hmm. thinking about how I don't know an answer, oh. I always find myself questioning <laughs> and searching, <laughs> and all I can find is so how about this? And Rio, so how about this? Tell you what. <laughs> Tell you what. I love everyone. Yes. <laughs> no matter what you do in this world. Or species. Yes. Or species. <laughs> Extraterrestrial love. Love to humanity. The Illuminati. All secret societies are good. Mm. I did not know Rafiq was going to uh, talk I, that about. That is the only thing I knew Rafiq was going to <laughs> <laughs> Would have been nice to know, but no, I have fun. And uh, again, thank y'all for having me. Thank you. Right. See ya. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of So How About This? If you liked that episode, please don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, or leave a review. If you really liked us, tell a friend. If you hated us, tell somebody you also hate. Tell five people that you hate about us. Find your arch enemy and convince them to listen to our podcast because you hate us so much and you want to punish them for it. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at So How About This One. That's the words So How About This, followed by the number one. If you have any questions you want answered on the show, just hit us up on Twitter and don't forget to stay tuned for new episodes.